Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Billy Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. What's up, everyone? Stanio Smooth here. I wanted to show you guys a cool thing we're doing. This podcast is sponsored by Canada Dips, the newest lineup to the dip game, but in CBD form. The Candidates lineup features products made for every man's lifestyle. All tins are proudly crafted from the hills of Humboldt County in California. It's filled with flavor and will give you that good vibe that CBD brings to the room. So what are you waiting for? Use the promo code BELLYUP20 in all caps at Candidips.com for 20% off your next order. That's BELLYUP20 at Candidips.com. It's time to BS. Jared, you look tired, bro. It's been a long day. I've been up since about four. 4.15 this morning, and I am running on gasoline fumes. Uh, I'm running on a double espresso, two double espressos, one at 7 a.m., one at 3 p.m. Then I greatly appreciate <clears throat> you taking the time out of your day to do this, man. <laughs> <clears throat> Listen, man, it's it's easy. I, I Honestly, if I could podcast every day, every hour for the rest of my life, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So. I don't blame you. I don't blame you, bro. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sports Cave. If you are diehard fans of this program, then you know that for 43 episodes very early on in my podcasting journey, that was the the name of my show. And as usual, we're coming to you from the lovely beaches of Long Island, New York. How this works is I ask the guest of, of this program a question or several and we debate on an answer to solve said question. So, without further ado, joining me, a very tired member of the Belly Up Brigade, 
and the host of the Corner Booth Podcast, Mr. Jared Clem himself. Mr. Dan, how we doing, brother? Uh, I, listen, I am tired, but I'm actually happy to come on the show. Um, when you're doing something you love and enjoy, it's a lot easier to do it even when you're exhausted. So that's kind of why I like doing podcasts at night. It just makes it a lot easier. On me. Amen to that, brother. <clears throat> Amen to that, bro. So I got some questions for you, and we'll just we'll we'll run by them. You know what I mean? So. For starters, with the Chargers currently losing twenty-one nothing as we're recording to the Raiders, me forgetting to place my bet, realizing it just—I <laughs> I think I had like I think I had Raiders like plus twenty-four because I was like, you know what, screw it. <laughs> if and when Brandon Staley gets fired, who else could we see join him on the unemployment line? Oh, who's joining him? All right, so I'll go through a list. Unfortunately, Frank Reich was screwed because the the uh, the new Washington Commanders are the Carolina Panthers. Um, well, speaking of the Washington Commanders, I think R- Riverboat Ron will be joining him. I think the problem is new ownership never wants to keep a coach. <clears throat> That's generally the rule of thumb. Uh, another one I could see happening is um, I think Jonathan Gannon safe for a year. Because honestly, ever since they got Keller back, they're a little better. This one's tough. Dable's seat was getting hot, but now Tommy DeVito's kind of saving his ass. The Italians are proud. Listen, he's from my mom's hometown, hey, man. Hey, there we go. Yeah, with Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Shout out. Um... Try to think right now. This you don't. You asked me this question like a month ago. It's a completely different answer. That's what yeah. makes the NFL so insane. Um, because they already fired Josh McDoofus. They already fired. <laughs> they already fired Frank Reich. So there was like the two layup answers. Riverboat Ron's gone. I think Eberflus gets one more year. I think if they let him draft a quarterback, he's safe. I think it's hard to get rid of him with how. That team is so weird. I don't know how to. The Bears are weird. They shouldn't be as bad as they are. I think the worst part about them as a as a program is that they just. I think Justin Fields needs to go to a place like New England where he's going to just thrive under, or like in this case, not New England because New England is one of the places I think is going to lose the coach. I think Bill Belichick's there. Tommy Curran brought it up. I'm buying that rumor, by the way. Yeah. Generally, when it comes to the Patriots, if it comes out, it may be premature, but it's usually true. Yeah, <clears throat> because usually not much gets out with with. I think I think Belichick wants out too. I think Belichick wants to go somewhere. I think he's taking Staley's job. I think Belichick to the Chargers is what I think happens. I think the AFC West is going to be weird next year because I think Antonio Pierce keeps his job because I think he'll win probably one or two more of his last couple games. And I think the culture in that building is going to be just different. And I also believe that if the culture is strong enough, I don't think Mark Davis makes the same mistake twice. No, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you either, brother. Um, should the Seahawks decide to clean house, despite the no. team not being too far out, no serious playoff contention? Here's the problem with the Seahawks this year: you have the best team in football in your division. You also have the second best team in football coming to your house on Monday. You have the third best team in football you lost to by literally a field goal on, on probably the best Thursday night football game I've watched in a while. <clears throat> you have a quarterback who honestly is kind of the heart and soul of your team right now. He may not be like 
the sexiest pick, but no. Geno Smith, I think, is the soul of your team. Your guys' biggest problem is you need an edge rusher. You guys can't rush the quarterback for shit. No, we can, but the problem is it's not. But you, you guys look like it's it's average. You guys look consistent. I agree. It's the New York Giants. You guys are basically you have a couple guys with talent, but you guys can't get after anybody. It's not like Dallas or Philly or Washington where or uh, San Fran where I'm like, all right, I need a guy to get a sack on fourth down on third fourth or fourth down. Let's go. Um, Philly pre the last four games. I think the biggest problem you guys experience is the fact that you guys have. You have a lot of good pieces. You need to build off of what you did. I think the biggest thing you guys need to focus on next year is go O-line and edge rush. That is all you focus on. You have great young corners. You have great safeties. <clears throat> Not counting Mr. President Mal. I think can you need I, to move can just, I interfere just move him to linebacker. That's what I was and then say. Yeah. yeah, move him down to like a striker back, kind of like a like – a, Miami, the Miami Hurricanes have been doing this for years. It's the weirdest defense, but it's like a four-two with a striker linebacker, like a third safety who plays down in the box. That's the perfect position for Jamal Adams. Go get another guy. Get a guy who just literally covers center field. You don't even have to make him good. Just go get like a guy like even if you want to trade him, go get a guy like Cam Kitchens out of my boys out of Miami. Yeah. Just a guy who can kind of cover across the middle with uh, Quandre Diggs. Because <clears throat> I think Seattle, honestly, their biggest problem is they can't protect their quarterback, and they can't rush their quarterback. But besides that, they have everything else in the team you need to win a, win a championship. I also think second or third round, you spend the pick on a replacement for Geno. I think Geno, for a year or two more, is a great idea. Yeah. But a third or fourth round pick on a guy like a um, – I don't know. It's gonna be, I can't really pick a quarterback yet. Because obviously we don't really do our draft selections. I think the combine is where we start actually kind of understanding. Yeah. But drafting a quarterback to replace Geno eventually. I think that's the thing. I think Geno, you guys gave him the contract. When he's on, he's on. Kenneth Walker. Charbonnet. Great one-two punch. My boy, TJ Dallas. And they got a third guy, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia, who can run. They have four great running backs, and that's what's crazy. Pete pulls them out of his ass. I don't know where like, – it's like Pete finds three things. Great hair gel, bubble gum, and running backs. I don't know where the hell he finds it all, but Pete Carroll has been finding it for years. And DBs. But yeah, don't no, forget so the DBs. Do not, do not tear down the Seahawks, what they have. I think okay. the biggest problem is, unfortunately, they just did not learn. In the NFL, in the modern NFL, you build your team off three pillars. O-line, D-line, quarterback. You got the quarterback, but your O-line and D-line are okay at best. That's the problem. Honestly, I think they should have taken Carter at six, but you, you guys let us take him. So, Whoops. Uh, but Witherspoon, honestly, Witherspoon is honestly going to be a top 10 corner next year. But the problem is, is you guys didn't assess the cornerback. I think you guys honestly could have kind of wasted a pick on JSN. I think J- you guys could easily have grabbed a guy like – like Reed, Jalen Reed in the second round and gone and grabbed yeah. a edge rusher like uh, my boy Marcus Murphy and just said, hey, or Miles Murphy, and just said, hey, listen, we want to help our edge rush out. But, you know, listen, that's the thing. It's hindsight 2020. Um, I think the Seahawks are a good team. I think they're just like they, – they're, they're the definition of two pieces away. Who is the more fraudulent team, your Eagles or San Francisco? 
Neither. Neither team is fraudulent. The problem is, is both teams are great rosters built from the ground up. The problem is, is that Philadelphia's team had to play four games in 21 days. Absolutely fucking brutal. Like, in three, and all four of them were against Super Bowl contender teams. Never had a stretch like that I've seen in modern table history. The fact that the Eagles went two and two is actually pretty impressive. That being said, no excuses, obviously, and they were in position to beat Dallas. You take away those turnovers, and you take away one or two bad calls by the refs, and the Eagles win that game by a touchdown or two. But like then again, that's like saying, "Oh, could have, should have," right? The C- the Forty ers are clicking on all cylinders. Brock Purdy's looking like an MVP candidate, and you have Debo, Christian McCaffrey, and IU looking like all pros. So neither team is a fraud. I think Philadelphia's biggest problem is they're out of gas and they need a breather. I think the fact that we're playing your Seahawks on the NFL did us a favor by putting the game on Monday, giving the Eagles an extra day of rest, which I think honestly for you guys kind of fucks you guys over. We don't have to play till Christmas Day. That'll be a good the game. Following though. week, you guys I think have to play Saturday on uh, a four day rest. Tennessee, yeah, yeah, Tennessee on a sat on Christmas Eve or no the day before Christmas Eve. We play on Monday, back to back Mondays. So. That was the problem. And I think if neither team is a fraud. I think if you ask me today, I have six teams to take to make a combination, and that's the six teams I get. If I don't get the combination right, I, I'm over. The six teams I'm picking is Philly, San Fran, Dallas, uh, Baltimore, KC, and Miami. Those are the six teams I'm picking it's been that way since October. I think the problem with November, December football is we get a little too wrapped up in what is and what looks like. The Eagles looked like a shot fighter the last two weeks, but what they are is a team that's been to the Super Bowl, a team that's got the same core, but they're also a team that's adding new weapons and trying to get their their like their footing. Okay, and I think that's the difference. San Francisco, you, 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 they are and is they are the same as what you see on paper. So, I think the problem is that question is there's not really a answer to it. I think if you ask me, are the Detroit Lions or the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Falcons? Fraud? Yeah, I'd say yeah, they are. Or the um, Jacksonville Jaguars are frauds. They are fraudulent. I think the Jags will, won't even win their division. Tommy DeVito. Is he worth the hype? And could he be the next starting quarterback for the Giants in 2024? Maybe and yes. Um, I don't know if he's worth the hype yet. He hasn't played a good team yet. Uh, I want to see him play Philadelphia in two weeks on Christmas Day. Let's see him take on Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Jalen Carter, and Zach Cunningham and Darius Leonard and Darius Slay. You know, like literally an all-star roster of guys, right? And let's see him play a rested Eagles team. Yeah. Also, um, I believe this week they take on the Saints, right? I believe and so, yeah. the Saints are literally the definition of shooting themselves in the foot as a franchise. They literally would be the definition of mediocrity if it wasn't for one run with Drew Brees. If Nick Saban makes the right call, the Saints are a bottom are the Cleveland Browns of the South. Yeah. But my disrespect and hatred of the Saints aside, um, I love the city of New Orleans, which is why it's hilarious. Um, uh, been there, like been there a lot. I love New Orleans; it's a beautiful city, gorgeous, fun nightlife. Um, I think the Giants might win this week. 
I think they have a good shot. The problem is, is they run into a buzzsaw the next three weeks after that, and this is what's going to kill them. They play Eagles in Philly on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Day. Then they play L.A., who is fighting for a playoff spot. And then they play Philly again. (laughs) So, I I mean... Listen, I'm all for Tommy Cutlets, man. I'm all for the the the, uh, the Guinea from uh, New Jersey. But here's the thing, or I'm sorry, the uh, the Guido from New Jersey. I used there to correct we go. Listen, I'm part. Of, I'm a quarter Italian. All right. My mother is go. from Cedar Grove. My mother is half Italian from Cedar Grove, New Jersey. You want to check my files? It's all there. I got my grandparents are from Brooklyn. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> the Guinea is the old word. It's hey, um, yeah, yeah. Guinea's the old word. It's now it's a Guido. But um, listen. The Pisons. The Pies listen, you want to check the Pison from Cedar Grove, I'm with it. Okay, listen. I'm not I, I despise the New York Giants. Anybody who knows me knows that. But here's the thing. I, I their run has been fun to watch, okay? Yeah. So and next year, this is the big kicker, right? They brought this up in the first take, and I thought this was intriguing. Is um dude, he's got the Giants playing hard for him. These same guys who are giving up on plays, not running hard for the most overhyped draft pick the Giants have had in years in Daniel Jones. $40 million down the two, right out. So I, I think it's hilarious that, you know, the Giants now find themselves with a backup. But I, I, I urge the Giants to do this. Host an open competition, draft a quarterback, put all three of them in the ring, battle royale style, and then go to town next year in camp. Because... <laughs> Here's the problem, Dan. You know this is what I do. Talent wins in the end. Yep. And Dan and Daniel Jones is a lot of talent. Okay, he's a good deep ball thrower. He's very mobile. Tommy DeVito may be a decent quarterback, but he's not. He might be. He just might be on. He also might be on a Lynn Sanity run where he becomes like just a gimmick for the next like five years. We don't know. You never know. And they also might get a shot getting a guy like Penix in like the tens or elevens or Bo Nix in the second round. And. Like Bo Nix could be end up being the truth. We don't know this shit. Like, look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was a second round pick, was a gadget player that came in because Wentz was terrible. Now he's an MVP candidate. Amazing you don't shit. know what Dak Prescott, third round pick, beats fourth. out Tony Romo in camp. The fourth, fourth round pick, I believe. Fourth round pick beats out Tony Romo in camp. Which contracts will end up being worse for their respected sport? Shohei Otani's ten year deal with the Dodgers. Or the entirety of future quarterback contracts. Uh, Shohei Otani. Why? But it's funny. As a Diamondbacks fan, it ticks me off a little bit because, like, we they all this just to lose to us again in the playoffs. Um, but my biggest thing about Otani's contract is that the it, it kind of exposes the Dodgers long term. So there's been always rumblings about salary caps in the MLB. We're talking, Dan, when you and me are in our late 30s and they're talking about, hey, we're talking salary cap and the Dodgers sitting down the barrel looking at 10 years down the road where they're like, oh, oh we have this guy $68 million. And yeah, that might only be like an 18th of their freaking salary cap, but now you can't pay a starting pitcher. Now you can't pay an outfielder because you're paying some guy who's been off the roster for five years. See, that was that's to cut my, to cut you off, but in a good way. That's my, my argument with the small market teams. That a salary cap would benefit the small market teams like Arizona, like Seattle. We're mid-market, but I see your point. No, but you, 
but like Miami, the Marlins have been terrible for 30 years plus, aside from the two World Series rings. Yes. They're a small market. Tampa, small market. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I think Kansas City. Kansas City won a World Series nearly 10 years ago, and they are been in the dumpster fires since then. They are literally two two hot runs in 2014 and 2017. I mean, sorry, 2014-2015, where they literally ran to the buzzsaw that was Madison Bumgarner pre-rodeo discovery. And then they got the Mets, which was just a guaranteed World Series right there. Yeah. Um, come on, Mets in the playoffs? But but you, you see my point, though. I think a sour yes. gap would – Oh, no, it would benefit teams. eventually long-term, especially if teams like the Yankees and Dodgers and Padres continue to overpay for players and out-muscle teams. Teams like the Diamondbacks and Rays are the reason why there's no salary cap because it seems like the Diamondbacks, who finds a value pickup in Christian Walker out of the minor leagues, who the Orioles cut, then grabs a guy like um, Ryan Thompson from the Rays, who was designated for assignment, but becomes one of the best setup men in the league. And Seawall, for the, too. Seawall from the Yeah, Seawall is another one who's like a bargain bin closer. But And then you look at the World Series champion Texas Rangers. Yeah, they paid for a lot of guys, but a lot of their best players were draft picks. Were developed. Yeah, okay, Corey Seager was amazing, but Adolis Garcia was a bargain bin piece that they picked out of nowhere. Um, Freaking Josh Young, draft pick. A lot of these guys were minor league guys. Like, there's, it's not like they're big name players. This is why, like, the Dodgers, like Tower Glasnow, like yawn. It's like congratulations, you grabbed another guy who's going to give up four home runs to the Diamondbacks in the playoffs. It's like order to the Braves or the Phillies. I commented this on my boys over just baseball. I literally said in the in the comments, I'm like, listen, all this just to lose to Philly, Arizona, or, Phil, or Atlanta in yeah. the playoffs because it's not. It's a culture thing. It's not. You can't pay for players and win games. MLB has proved that for decades. Look at the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees should have a thousand rings by how they play. Red Sox should have a couple. Cubs. The Cubs, except for 2016. Yeah. Keep exactly. It took a hundred years. Who is the, the Cubs rest to who's, been series. who's been the reigning dynasty basically since 2016 to now? Astros. Yeah. Astros. Two World Series titles, four World Series appearances. They've been the most consistent team. Yeah. How did they win? They developed guys. Exactly. They set the blueprint. Yeah. Arizona's doing the same thing they were. So is Tampa. So is Atlanta. They're following who? The Mariners for a bit before. Mariners. Yeah, the Mariners are kind of dropping the ball a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, they're following the Rangers' blueprint. I mean, not the Rangers, the uh, Astros' blueprint. Even the Rangers, a lot of young guys, they just went and they kind of accelerated the process and went and got a couple arms, right? But this is why the Yankees and Dodgers, Red Sox, Padres, they don't win. Because yeah. when it comes down to it, they have no team chemistry. You can't. Baseball's not a plug-and-play sport. And especially with the new rules now, it doesn't matter how many home runs you hit because I could have Corbin Carroll and Jake McCarthy, who... I mean, Corbin's got some power, but Jake doesn't. And Alec Thomas, three of the fastest dudes in baseball, I get them all up one, two, three. Half of them draw walks, the other one bunts on for a single. Oh, look, Christian Walker hits a ball into the gap. Oh, look, it's 3-3 after I, you just had um, Otani a three-run blast. 
We can do this all day, and we yeah. don't have to swing the fences for it. Yeah. And I think this is what makes the new rules of baseball level the playing field. If this if this Otani signing and the, this Glasnow signing happened two years ago, Dan, oh, it's a fucking wrap. Dodgers, World Series champs. The new baseball rules open the floodgates. Now, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Look at the Yankees. They missed the freaking playoffs, and they have one of the most powerful lives. I, I can't tell if you're a Mariners fan or a Yankees fan so, right now or a Mets fan. I am a Yankee fan, but I – so I'm a Yankee fan. I grew up a Yankee fan, but I listen to a lot of Seattle sports radio thanks to – Because pod, of your Seahawks. Yes, and they talk about the Mariners. I feel like, oh, let's, let's see what they're doing. I'm like, oh, they're entertaining as hell. Well, also, J-Rod is so much fun to watch. Oh, that kid is awesome. And Jared Kelnick, before they decided to – Trade him away in a sour dude. The, besides the fact, oh, by the way, it's 28. It's 28, uh, 28 nothing Raiders. How is Brandon Staley? St- he should not even be. Able oh, to no, he's him. oh, you kidding me? He's, he's got, well, I think, I think he got like a one game grace because of Justin Herbert, but yeah, no, it, um, we just had a Michael Meyer touchdown from Aiden O'Connell. O'Connell right now is nine for 17 for a buck 34 and three touchdowns. Does Aiden O'Connell look like super troopers? <laughs> yes, he looks like Farva from Super Troopers. He looks like Farva on Weight Watchers. He does. <laughs> oh my God! I now have my nickname for Aiden O'Connell in the corner booth. Thank you, Dan. I'll shout you out for this one. It is Weight Watchers Farva? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I uh, I I did not get that noise, but I will take it. It's all good. Uh, it's the Old Spice whistle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll, I, hear it, you'll hear it when I post it. I'll hear. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to listen to this one because obviously, cause, you know, my colorful blue collar language. You, as a fellow man of the blue collar persuasion, gets it. Um, yeah, no, it, the the Otani contract's worse because for the next couple of years, it's gonna it, it make teams want to overpay for players. But when the salary cap comes up in about five ten years, you know, it's inevitable. Yeah, it's gonna screw LA, and everyone's gonna be like, oh. I think it's gonna come sooner. I think it's going to come a lot sooner than you think. I don't think – well, if it comes sooner, then the Dodgers have to figure out some creative accounting. They go full New Orleans Saints and start paying guys that don't actually exist to try to get tax right off. I don't know. It's just – it's going to be a lot of stuff. So, yeah. but um, t- sorry, I, I ran – I ranted about that one for about 20 minutes. But You're yeah. good, bro. That's, that's good, man. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. So, I want to get back to a previous thing that you said that you would not – punt on Pete Carroll being let go. He proved. Listen, I've loved Pete Carroll since his USC days with Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart. Um, One thing I like about Pete Carroll is Pete Carroll is one of those few old school coaches who is a calming presence but is willing to reinvent his team. And I think the biggest thing is right now, we're going through a weird change in the NFL. And the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys are all kind of leading this way. You need to be able to run the football. And the and the Seahawks under Pete Carroll have been a constant in running the football since the days before Marshawn Lynch. That being the, the post-John Mora days to the very early days of Pete Carroll when they went and traded him from Buffalo. Here's the kicker. Jim Mora, by the way. Yeah, Jim Moore, I know. The uh, 11 team, Jesus. Current head football coach up here at the University of Connecticut. Um, actually, a pretty good coach for us. That being said, 
the NFL is starting to swing back to running the football. I see it already. I see it happening as offensive linemen have less time to train as pass protectors. Dan, I don't know if you played offensive line in high school like I did. It I is did. a lot easier to run block than it is to pass block. I did. Pass blocking is an art of balance, technique, and perseverance. Where run blocking is you see ball, hit ball, you run, you go. There, it's it, Run blocking is very elementary. Yeah. And as offensive linemen get less and less trained with these new CBA rules that have been in place for almost a decade now, Running the football has come back because it's effective. It controls the good. clock. It keeps It keeps these elite quarterbacks off the field. They have a good it, line, too. It's not like they have a terrible line. Yeah. Well, well, the Seahawks' line for run blocking is incredible. Pass blocking sketchy. But – Yeah, I, I agree with you with that. Like, Abe Lucas is their best pass blocking O-line by far, and he was out for nine weeks with a knee injury. You realize we're talking about like you got you're trying to get to relate to me. My team has literally the gold standard of offensive lines, but yeah, yeah. You ha- you lost Jason Pierce to an ACL tear in 2017, and you got better. Yeah, here's the, here's the crazy thing, Rice. We have three hall, of, we have two future Hall of Famers in our O line right now, and and four Pro Bowlers. But here's the kicker: that comes down to coaching. Yeah, and this is something that's that's the only reason. Like, and so I think the biggest thing to go to your question. I believe in Pete Carroll for now until he gives me a reason not to. This year, you guys just got hosed. Between schedule and injuries, you guys were basically just thrown through the meat grinder. And the fact of the matter is you still might make the playoffs. Amazingly. I don't know how you're going to do this weekend, but who are your final three games? I believe it's like it's – So it's you. It's Philadelphia, you guys, then it's Tennessee, then – Home against Pittsburgh, and then at Arizona to close out the year. You easily could run the year one and three and one. You lose to Philly, then finish the year on a three-game win streak. I could easily see that happening. They could win a playoff game or two easily. And the thing is, you you catch Dallas at home. You catch Dallas. You catch Detroit. Game on. Yeah. Game on, right? Game on. Or, or you catch uh, Tampa Bay. Win. It's, or we catch Mr. Playoff choke Kyle Shanahan. Oh, listen, you guys. T- I mean, I honestly no. I, I want him to make. This it, I want him. I want my pound of flesh. So I want him to make it to playoffs. You gave me confidence, man. You gave me confidence. I like this shit. <laughs> I want the flesh. What they did to us was brutal. I mean, we earned it, but the fact they they've been staring at our logo for the past eight months. But yeah, no, that that's honestly how I feel about it. It's with the with the Seahawks. You guys are one of those few teams that's got a losing record where I wouldn't panic. Like the Bills, the Bills, I'm, the Bills. The biggest problem is is this run they're on. The best way to improve this team is to get rid of Sean McDoofus and keep Josh Allen. Obviously, get rid of Diggs. Keep James Cook. Get rid of Gay Davis's ridiculous contract, and then just start rebuild. Trying to retool. Like go get mercenaries. Go get guys who are going to take a one-year deal. Go get a guy like Julio Jones to play the slot receiver. Go get a guy like... Shit, go get Marquise Brown. Go get guys who are willing to just run deep, run under routes, get offensive linemen, and just build around James Cook, um, David Montgomery, and Mr., uh, Mr. Allen. And on defense... 
dude, fire your training staff. Because oh, I swear to God, Lord. every every cornerback who's ever played for the Bills misses at least five to six games a year. It makes no sense. Or tears their ACL. Oh, my God. Well, I also I blame MetLife Stadium for half of those. But um, the, the literally giant recycling bin that they have out in the Meadowlands. Yeah. That being said, you, your Bills are your, – your Seahawks are fine, buddy. It's good. It's it's a down year, but the biggest thing you can do is retool and reload. This is not a time to panic and blow up where most no. teams would. I hear you. This, this is a take your lumps year. Okay, I hear you with that, Jared, my friend. Greatly appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your tired ass day to join the cave. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Daniel Smooth. I'm coming to you from the lovely beaches of Long Island, New York. Go listen to Jared's podcast, the Quarter Booth Podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Or at Billy Up and